Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammates Aaliyah Kamalova and Kayleen Holden. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. On today's episode, we're discussing problematic workplace behavior, and specifically, we're using Netflix's newish reality show, Selling Sunset, as our case study. We'll also be sharing four types of problem coworkers on Selling Sunset and how to avoid them in your office. And now, this is The Females. So I was thinking for this episode, which by the way, you guys, I think this should be kind of fun, is should we start with a little context in case people don't know what Selling Sunset yeah, is? And honestly, bless them for not knowing what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. We're about to uh, definitely kill a couple hours of your life after this. But if you don't know, Selling Sunset is, as Kaylee mentioned in the intro, it's Netflix's newish reality show, or at least I feel like it's now on people's radar because they're in their third season. And it follows the work of the Oppenheim Realty Group, which is a group led by these twin brothers who are super successful. Their names are Brett and Jason, and they sell high-end real estate in the Hollywood Hills. So probably what you can imagine is these like really out-of-this-world homes, really unique, huge price tags. And then, of course, like the clientele who's interested in that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think the next need to know about the show is that These two guys, Brett and Jason, they have a team of realtors who are just like six model-esque women. (laughs) And then randomly, if you notice, there's usually like one guy working at a desk who's not on the show. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's just like, looks like a guy that's just doing his work and is like not on the show. (laughs) And they all work together. So he's actually working. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, he's probably actually doing the deals or something. So they all work together in this like surprisingly small open plan office, which I was kind of surprised that like all the places they were... I don't know, showing around are these huge mansions. And then this is like a pretty modestly sized office. Hey, rent on Sunset Boulevard is expensive. location. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, not only has the show picked up in popularity due to keeping like many of us entertained during quarantine and it's super like drama filled workplace dynamics. Plus it's really interesting to see like the inside of some of these really beautiful homes. But also one of the team members, Chriselle, has been 
I don't know if she's still going, but at the time of recording, and I assume it's still going on, like a really public divorce with her husband, actor Justin Hartley, who she always mentions, who I didn't know yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it. I know. I, I did have to double check. I was like, should I know who oh, this is? Please. But he's on This yeah. Is Us, which I guess I mean, has picked up in yeah, popularity. It's the biggest, I feel like the probably the biggest TV show. Yeah. So she's So that's kind of like the 101 of Selling Sunset. And if you're wondering, and you might be wondering why we're talking <laughs> about Selling Sunset <laughs> on the females, it's because as we were watching it and and we tend to get together and have weekly meetings, this would come up and naturally it just seemed like a fit because we were recognizing a lot of toxic workplace behavior. And uh, that's something that is pretty important here. At, well, not important to us, but <laughs> important to root out. And it's something that we talk about a lot. So uh, we decided we would talk about some of those behaviors. And just off the top, some of the more toxic behaviors include saying we're like a family, which I think is a huge warning sign of a very toxic workplace. Mm-hmm. I don't think that your place of work should be like your family. Well, I feel like every time <laughs> they do something like really horrible, they're like, but we're yeah, like family yeah. here. And like so say it's whatever just, we want to each other. <laughs> I feel like you could play a drinking game where every time they use that mm-hmm. as their excuse for why they've treated each other horribly or really inappropriately, you could easily turn that into a game because they do say it a lot. This is true. I mean, there's really like no boundaries whatsoever. Yeah. We're talking about no. jobs, divorces, whether or not someone's fiance was married while they started dating them. A lot of fiancé uh, talk, honestly. A lot of so talk many, about fiancés. So many fiancés. And then just over yes. it all, a lot of personal information ostensibly being brought into the workplace. And like uh, this feeling that everyone should know everyone's business. Which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, remember when they find out about Chriselle getting divorced, it's a TMZ <laughs> alert. So to be fair, it's like they had alerts also on What if you other. guys got alerts about me through like, notifications I mean like oh my god Aaliyah's going through something I just saw people.com she's coming into the office don't make it weird (laughs) yeah my google alert is Aaliyah (laughs) just your name it would just be like Aaliyah got a cat (laughs) oh my god yeah it's just I feel like the best way I can sum up the workplace behavior on selling sunset is it's not okay Mm -hmm. and It's interesting because obviously it's a reality show, which we all know there's some producer who's encouraging them at least to be a little dramatic. But and I've only watched season three, by the way, because I started there, which you shouldn't do that. Start with one and then (laughs) do it in chronological order. But I'm worried that people look at that and then they go, oh, well, that's a normal workplace. So sometimes these reality shows worry me. I'm like, are we ever? And I guess this is the whole point. You're never going to get a reality show where it's actually healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. at work, which is unfortunate because that almost becomes harder to recognize in a workplace than unhealthy boundaries or, you know, toxicity and things like that. I think a workplace with healthy boundaries just wouldn't be very entertaining. <laughs> <It was not>. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But I also, it's like, that's why I think people have trouble recognizing it because, you know, this is easy to see, but I don't know. Oh, Brett and Jason, well, at least one of them, for sure, Jason plays favorites with one mm-hmm. of the agents. That he dated. Who he... <laughs> Yeah, that he dated and like they share a dog together. And it's just like, so as we were watching this, we were like, okay, we could actually sum this up into like very specific types of problem coworkers. We could have also probably done problem bosses, but there's only two. So that was a little harder. I feel like we <laughs> feel like we'd have to do like a whole reality show roundup of that. But the favoritism and also the just the dynamic of like you've dated your boss before and now they're playing favorites with you at work is that's just wild to me. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've dated your boss says it all. I just, I don't, I don't yeah. see how that, I mean, that could ever work. Hopefully most of these people on the show is, would be a shock to have in your own office environment or whatever. I feel like I don't know much about like the real estate industry or what it's like, but hopefully people are shocked to have people behave like this, but maybe, I don't know. I feel like you can also like derive a certain person from one of these characters. Like I know that kind of person exists in my office. Totally. You're right. Like this is obviously an extreme, but I think what we're getting to is that there's probably problematic coworker types that even if you don't have this, you know, no one in your office dated, for example, you can be like, oh, I kind of recognize that characteristic in this coworker that I have. And I also feel like it's very common for people who have problematic coworkers to be gaslit into thinking like that's normal mm-hmm. and that you're the one who's like overreacting, being oversensitive, all the terms that happen when people are kind of being you know, it's you, not me kind of mentality. And I think that happens a lot in the workplace too. Even if you maybe like try to go to your boss and talk to them about an issue, they might be like, well, are you just jealous of this person? You know, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of also, and you guys know on the show, we talk a lot about kind of like these interpersonal challenges at work because they truly are the things that we get the most messages about. It makes sense why, because there's no textbook that is like humans dealing with humans. It's, It's hard. It's really hard stuff. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about the four types of problem coworkers? I guess we should Mm -hmm. get into that. (laughs) So, all right. So what you've all been waiting for. um, Up next, we'll share the four types of problem coworkers on Selling Sunset and how to avoid or at least deal with them if you recognize similar personalities in your office. Let's take a quick break to talk about combating another potential problem, your skin. (laughs) I know you already know the importance of taking care of your skin, whether you're dealing with redness, dullness, fine lines or acne, or maybe even all of the above, that finding the right solution for your skin can be complicated, frustrating and expensive, right? You're trying all these different lotions and potions and it really adds up. Well, meet Rory, a digital health clinic for women. Rory, the sister brand to Roman, makes it simple to connect with a healthcare professional online to receive personalized prescription skincare treatment, all without having to schlep to clinic after clinic or leave your house, which we all know right now is extra convenient. Get on your phone or computer, complete a free online consultation. And then after you hear back from a U.S. licensed healthcare professional within 24 hours, if appropriate, they'll prescribe a personalized skincare treatment that works just for you and your skin. This is incredible. I mean, before you would have had to spend lots and lots of money and time going to a dermatologist and whoever else. So Rory is really, truly so incredible that they have this as an opportunity right now. And with Rory, you don't even have to leave your house or wait in line at the pharmacy. Your custom skincare is delivered right to you for free within two days. You can follow up with a healthcare professional anytime if you need to make a change to your treatment or you have questions or of course, you know, seasonal skin. They're here to help every step of the way with your skincare journey. With Rory, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So just go to hellorory.com slash females to try out Nightly Defense for just $5. You heard that right, $5. I know you're not spending money on your coffee orders, so you can absolutely afford this. So again, it's free to chat with the doctor and your first order is just $5. That's hello, H-E-L-L-O, Rory, R-O-R-Y.com slash females. 
F-E-M-A-I-L-S. And eligibility requirements and additional terms may apply. So read the fine print, but you guys are going to love it. All right, now let's get back to the show. When you don't love them, but can't leave them, try these tricks to lessen the pain of annoying workplace personalities. So here are four types of problem coworkers on Selling Sunset that we've decided personally and how to deal with them in your office. So our first problem coworker is the negative coworker. I mean, pretty self-explanatory. It's the one that always has something negative to say, no matter what the conversation is. And it's good to have like a critical voice on the team, but you don't want someone who's like constantly criticizing things without offering up solutions. So the negative coworker tends to focus on the negative instead of working towards actual solutions. So for example, if you hear someone constantly bringing everyone down by saying like, I know the prospective client isn't going to sign with us, or we're definitely going to lose that client or whatever, that's usually a sign that you have a negative coworker. So I don't know if you all agree with me, but I believe that the selling sunset (laughs) negative coworker type is Davina. This is why. So she's very quick to always bring the negative point of view into the conversation. And a great example of this, I think is actually in season one, Lawrence, I don't know if you would have seen this, but they do bring it up through season two and season three. Mary gets engaged to Romaine, this ridiculous guy. And then... They, she's like showing her ring off in the office and Davina's just like, everyone's like, oh, that's so great. And they're excited for her. And then she's like, oh, is that diamond? And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then it becomes this whole thing about like, why was Davina attacking Mary? And eventually I think kind of leads to two factions in the office of like a Davina group and a Mary group. But I mean, that's not a work-related one, but there are, I feel like other instances where she's just, she'll say something really negative and then her whole excuses like, well, I'm just blunt. I feel like I hate when people use that as an excuse to say mean things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? Is like, I'm just throwing this completely negative, very critical comment just to be helpful to you. Like you should appreciate it. And I think that the negative coworker, the reason why this one is tricky is because you do want people who are going to push back and challenge you. I just think that delivery is everything. Tone of voice is everything. Obviously, in the example you gave with like a personal thing of like, is that a diamond or it's not? Like, even if we could use that in a work environment situation, I feel like the negative coworker also just really enjoys taking the other person mm-hmm. down a peg. They, they just don't want anyone to sort of be too high mm-hmm. on themselves. And you should, you know, truly be happy for your coworkers. But anyway, we won't get into the things you should be doing or whatever, because people will be annoyed by that. But I agree. I, I think this is a very common personality type at work. So if you recognize this, I guess, what's our advice on how to avoid or so deal I with So I think them? that the best method here, and I've labeled this as a downer Davina. If you have a downer <laughs> Davina in your workplace, <laughs> I think that the best way to deal with them is to like ask for more details, especially if it's in reference to like a project or something that you're working on together, where if they're like, this isn't going to work and ask them like, well, why? Like, why won't the client sign? Like what's going on here? And press them to fully describe the problem and then provide like a solution or a potential solution or maybe even like how they could help. So they may raise some valid points. So never ignore what they have to say or write them off completely. Maybe if you just frame it in a way of like, 
I don't know, <laughs> making it more constructive. Like curiosity. Yeah, it, it, they, it might not even be as intentional as they're trying to bring you down. It could just be like, oh yeah, they are not really providing a helpful solution here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you can separate mm-hmm. the two things then. Yeah. yeah. This also reminds me of what we talk about when we talk about problem solving and critical thinking. It's this kind of line of questioning can help you get to, if there really is a problem and they're not just maybe being a downer, it can help you really get to the root of what the actual problem is. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, so the why is not bad. I also think it's very important that when you ask them why, make sure that you do it with a curious yeah. tone and not an obvious like, you've offended me and now I'm going to pepper you with the question why until you make like a legal case for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So problem coworker number two is the overly competitive coworker. So you probably remember the person in class who repeatedly asked for your notes yet didn't return the favor if you asked them for help or... Again, think of that really obnoxious person who was like, oh, I remember this girl when I was in high school, I'd be like, oh, did you study for the test? She's like, no, not at all. I probably failed. And then she'd always get an A plus, right? It was just like overly competitive. And so I feel like there's a grown up version of this and it's the overly competitive coworker. Someone who is overly competitive may try to sabotage other people and throw them under the bus. They will climb over others if it helps them get to the top, may even take credit for your work. So if this is like ding, ding, ding in your head with a coworker, sometimes even like a boss, like I used to have a boss who would ask me for a bunch of information and then go to her boss and always make it sound like she did everything on her own, which FYI bosses, you know, it's always really nice and incredible to make sure that you mention the other people who are involved in that work. So anyway, if this is that coworker, I do want to point out some healthy competition in the workplace can actually be really encouraging. It can encourage people to work harder. However, it's a problem if the person is so overly competitive with other people at work, they're not helping. They're actually hurting the company because at the end of the day, a company is a team and everyone should work together to contribute to the success of the organization. But of course, we know that doesn't always happen. So when I was trying to think about who is this person on Selling Sunset. Honestly, I was like, I would say all of them. And to be fair, I do think that the business that they're in, in real estate, it is very competitive, right? Like there's only so many houses to sell, so many clients. But also I think it explains also why they were so upset about Mary. So in the show, if you haven't watched it, they are talking a lot, at least in season three, they talk a lot about how there's like favoritism toward Mary. And the reason why she's so successful is because I think it's Jason is always giving her listings. And so I think they're naturally competitive, but also it's that feeling of like, we don't want her to get a leg up. And Mary does point this out in one of her interviews. She's like, I hate that they say that because it takes away from my hard work. And maybe he's actually giving her the, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other issue of why he should be explaining (laughs) that. But the point being is like, I think it's all of them a little bit. What do you guys think? I think definitely, but I agree. It's like, I feel like they have the personalities to be overly competitive and maybe it does just amp up the drama of the show but they are just 100% commission. So if you're not competitive in a way, then it's like, I guess it's to your detriment, but I guess that could be from brokerage to brokerage because ultimately it still goes to like their group. So I don't know how the commissions split up that way, but they definitely have like inter-office competitions. And that's why it's interesting that part of the drama of the show comes from when Brett or Jason are like, you guys are co-listing this thing. And then yeah. it's always like a, 
oh man they yeah they don't to like do it. it together or like when yeah heather and amanda mm-hmm. had did the house together they were like staging a house instead of heather just being like oh i picked out the art she was like amanda like couldn't show up yeah. and it's like for a very valid reason and it's like so she gave everyone the reason of why she wasn't there but made sure everyone knew she wasn't there heather had to go above and beyond whatever that means but didn't explain the whole story and i feel like that was a way to be like competitive of being like look i'm doing a lot more than her mm-hmm. So there's definitely a lot of tip for tap that goes on there too. There's definitely very overt competition. And then there's that passive aggressive weird Mm -hmm. thing where it's certain people tell certain things to clients that like is out of earshot of the other person just to make (laughs) them look bad or whatever. And I feel like that kind of exists within a quote unquote like typical office, like kind of what you were mentioning, Lauren, where it's like someone omitting information about how someone contributed to a project where they're not like 100% mm-hmm. taking credit, but they're like not really lifting them up. <laughs> yeah, they're not not yeah. taking credit mm-hmm. either. <laughs> yes. Let's take a quick break to talk about your budget. I know, I know, it's a stressful time to think about money, but luckily I have a tool to set you up for financial success. It's called You Need a Budget. And let's face it, we all need a budget. You Need a Budget is unlike any other financial tool or budgeting app that you've used in the past because it's designed to help you actually succeed at budgeting. I know, shocking, right? You Need a Budget teaches you their four cardinal rules to finally succeed at budgeting so that you can prioritize your budget to work for you and your unique needs. One of my favorite rules on You Need a Budget that just is naturally worked into the app is they really encourage you not to spend money until it's at least 30 days old. They call these like grown-up dollars. So not only is this app really simple and easy to use, but these are really unique budgeting tools and methods that you haven't heard over and over again. So if you've been thinking about budgeting, you know, this is definitely something that you have not tried before, I promise you. In fact, most new budgeters save more than $600 in their first month and $6,000 in their first year using You Need a Budget. That's enough money to give a little peace of mind and spend your time and energy on your passions instead of your bank balance. Join the thousands of budgeters who have changed their lives using You Need a Budget and sign up for a free 34-day trial at youneedabudget.com slash females. So here's the best budget-friendly part. And this is why I love this brand because you just tell this is part of who they are. They don't even ask you to give a credit card. So there's no credit card required in order to get your free 34-day trial. So again, that's youneedabudget.com slash females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S, to start your 34-day trial for free, no credit card required. You need a budget, the money management tool that changes lives. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay, so how to avoid or even just deal with this person in the office. So competitive coworkers are most likely insecure, leading them to feel threatened by your success. So try to show this person that you want to work with them, not against them. Collaborate with them, but make sure to leave a paper or, you know, carbon copy trail indicating that you worked on projects. You don't want him or her to take credit for your ideas or that killer presentation that took you hours to put together. So in the meantime, focus on yourself and doing the best job that you can do in the workplace. Don't be derailed by their competitive nature and just try not to engage in it. And I know some people are like, oh, I hate that advice, but 
with so many people working remote, maybe it's a little easier not to. And, you know, if most of the people in your company are aggressive, consider if this is the type of environment where you will work best. Like some people really thrive in super competitive environments and other people don't. So I think it's also very important to just have that self-awareness about what you like. I know for me, the work environment that I work really well in is one that's really collaborative and not competitive. Like I wouldn't want, I, I don't like the idea of feeling like everybody's out to get me or that I'm competing with everybody. It would just be for me too much of like a chess game. I, I really like the the collaborative feeling a lot more. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're all a team and we coll- collectively work together. So, you know, think think about what works for you too. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that comes from like the culture of that industry maybe, but also it's clearly yeah. instilled within like their company because the way they like talk about other like real estate companies or brokerage places, whatever they're called, um, is really like, we're going to defeat them. And so it's like, oh, that's kind <laughs> yeah. of a red flag that that's the tone of this place. So like anyone coming into mm-hmm. it has to kind of match that in order to succeed within that company. Okay. So that brings us to problem coworker number three, the gossip. So when people spend time at work together, there's bound to be a grapevine with office gossip right at the forefront of it. They want to know everything that's happening and they may divulge information you share with them in confidence to others. This person always wants to be in the know and likes to have a juicy story to share. They may ask you questions under the auspice of being considerate and thoughtful, but deep down they may want to use your answers to undermine you. On Selling Sunset, and sorry, I have to say, this is everyone. And I understand that this is a reality show. And of course, reality shows hinge on drama. And I know there's been a lot of talk about maybe how real or unreal Selling Sunset is, but that's for another time. But what better fuels drama than gossip? But there are things you shouldn't be discussing at work, like divorces, couplings, uncouplings, whether someone called the paparazzi to show up at their house, (laughs) (laughs) or who may, may or may not be... Bitch, am I allowed to say bitch? Yeah, you can say <laughs> bitch. I'm not saying. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anyone is, but pretty much everything discussed on Selling Sunset could probably be classified as gossip. But even if we take this out of the context of Selling Sunset, there is almost always an mm-hmm. office gossip. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, and and we are all guilty of kind of getting caught up in it. And I swear the best advice I can give anybody is like the minute you recognize who that person is, avoid them because not only will you just naturally become more of a gossiper, but also I've realized that these people who gossip a lot, they almost always don't like the job. And pretty soon if you chat with them enough, guess what? You're not going to like the job. You're not going to like your boss. Like for, I don't know how to explain this other than every place I've ever worked, the person who was the gossip always seemed to also be the person who like really didn't want to be there. And so it can really change your whole outlook on your job, your boss, et cetera, when you either become that person or you just hang out with that person a lot too. I think also, you know, it's really difficult, especially maybe if you're newer to a company or group or department, whatever, to be like, hey, stop that. That's not cool. Like that's a really big thing. And they're like, okay, you're a square. Like you're not chill with us. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, hey, let's get back to work. It's like, okay, that's (laughs) Come on, guys. Yeah, come on, let's just work. (laughs) What we're here to do. So I feel like there is like a, you know, it's pretty bold and like a courageous act. Yeah, because it's kind of a way to bond with people Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? I would add Mm -hmm. that the gossip is probably going to 
as a new hire, that's probably the first person that's going to come up to your desk and be like, so guess yeah. what? See where this yes. you're looking for. Yeah. If you're looking for that, then you might, that might be like your induction and that can be really dangerous. <laughs> yes. Watch out. <laughs> In dealing with gossips, I would say to shut it down. When things veer off topic to unprofessional gossip, just try not to indulge. And I think there was one time where this sort of happened and this might be a reach, but when Christina and Davina were giving Heather the business for, <laughs> for possibly having called the paparazzi to come to events, which I listen to a lot of pop culture podcasts and, and apparently the consensus is that she definitely is calling the paparazzi. But She had an article about making cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she definitely does call them for sure. But um, she did. And, and I know this was gossip about her to her, but she did shut it down. She mm -hmm. was kind of just like, I'm not indulging this. And she had choice language, but and very choice language. And she shut it down and kind of walked away, which I thought was kind of cool. I don't know. Which I think also Brett and Jason try to do that in the office. Yeah. Like sometimes they truly say like, can we work? Yeah. But the yeah. problem is, is that like Christine usually talks back to them or something and they're like, okay. <laughs> it's just like, carry what? on. <laughs> or there was one time where Brett and Jason were like, really? We're having this mm -hmm. conversation. It's, it's like they respect Brett and Jason, but they, they don't, don't because that's what happens when you're family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody listens to the twins. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So the thing with office gossip is that it's it's going to happen. I think it's sort of human nature to glob onto a big piece of gossip or some dramatic fallout. My advice is if you really can't avoid gossip 100% is maybe have one person who's like your close friend that you could talk to. I mean, don't, you know, don't dive into everything. But if you wanted to mention something, you can speak to that trusted confidant. Also, I would say do it off hours. And in caps lock, I would say Never use company channels or company time for gossip. It is mm -hmm. so stupid um, to yeah. get fired for gossiping or is or, or even just like in trouble is so it makes me like cringe as an adult. Yeah. The person who like sends the note to the copier like that'll, you know, that like yeah. old school story. You're just like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's awful. Yeah. And then my rule of thumb is to basically run your gossip habits through the sixth grade filter. Like if this is how you would act in middle school or how you think people would act, then just cut uh, it out. Which actually pretty seamlessly takes us to our next problem coworker, problem coworker number four, the bully. So this is like kind of goes with the gossip because I feel like usually stuff that's being gossiped about isn't something that someone would like to share to that person. So it's like if you've ever been the recipient of a mean work email that either made you want to like cry, quit, or a combination of those two, that might be a sign of an office bully. And unfortunately, it's kind of like the similar behaviors of middle school and high school where it's kind of just a clicky workplace. I feel like that breeds a lot of bully behavior. And it's kind of like that in season three where the office is split up into like two groups of three. Yeah. And then very, yeah, clicky. like one person brings some information to that group and they all are like, yes, you're totally right. And it just validates the behavior <laughs> that's toxic. So like this type of person is pretty nasty. Like they'll pick on people, blame others or tattle when it's not necessary to do so. And they may be unable to handle confrontational conversations without acting mean and saying something inappropriate. I feel like this also relates to people who are really defensive about their actions. Yeah. So, and again, I feel like if you are in a clicky environment, 
you can validate so much of your like wrong behaviors, but being like, well, no, they totally agree with me. And it's like, yeah, she was so crazy yep. for doing that. And it's like, yeah, okay. I'm not crazy <laughs> for thinking she was crazy. Yeah. Your <laughs> own little t- like small team, your click is never going to go mm-hmm. against you. <laughs> you know, I, I decided that on selling sunset, this person is Christine for obvious reasons. She, I mean, she's like made out to be the villain and, you know, I feel she like, made herself that though. Yeah. Too. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like it's definitely set up by this show, the show, like any reality show has to have some sort of villain. And I hope that's like, she's not (laughs) truly like that or like to that extent, but I don't know. But she has this like, she has this cycle of emotionally abusing her coworkers. And then she has like a really big apology. And then the next day is doing the same thing over again. But I think the one thing about Christine's behavior that may be like atypical from a common coworker bully is she's really upfront with it. Like in a way she's like talking to her bosses. She like, I'm pretty sure told them to, she was just like F you. Like whenever they were like, you're overreacting right now. And I think a lot of this too is like, they're constantly drinking. And so it's like this really like (laughs) relaxed environment, (laughs) like say whatever you want that takes over the situation. Yeah. I worked at a workplace once where they had like kegs on tap and alcohol always available. And I just, I, yeah, I mean, just that you added that. I do think that it's important to add that, again, going back to the very beginning about the workplace culture, not just not being okay. It's also that their workplace culture does involve a lot of these like dinners out, nights out, cocktails, like, you know, there's so much time that they're not spending in an office also. I was talking to like my boyfriend was watching with me and we were like, how much time do they spend at work? Basically, it seems like that's their entire life where if they're not looking at a place, they're not in the office and then they're constantly meeting up after work. So it's like, they really, (laughs) I guess, are like a family. I have a lot of respect. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of respect for realtors because I do think Mm -hmm. that like they never stop working. I just hope that most realtors are able to have some boundaries in place because I mean, that's just important for everyone to have, Mm -hmm. you know, in in general. But I, I get that, yes, that's part of their job too, for sure. So the best way to deal with a workplace bully is to try to ignore them altogether. And if possible, don't engage with them. And you can take a Chriselle approach because she kind of does does that with Christine where like she invites her to do social out of office hangs. And she's like, I'm just not ready. You don't need to be that dramatic, but (laughs) basically just remove yourself from the situation and then hold on to the mean emails you get and note the times where the behavior was truly inappropriate and schedule a time, you know, to speak with HR or a manager or boss that you trust if it gets to that point. And then the only thing to keep in mind is that there is a chance of retaliation. So if there's kind of like we were mentioning multiple bullies or a division of clicks, you may even want to start like looking for another job or what I would call pulling a Maya, (laughs) just leaving the whole office and being like, I'm a mom, I'm going to go be with my family. And then dealing with a bully can also be like psychologically damaging and just make going to work miserable every day. So if it gets to that point, I think start looking like there's no reason to be in an environment like that. Yeah, I think it's good that you mentioned Maya because Maya is sort of this middle person who doesn't really engage in like Mm -hmm. either group. And I feel like yeah, and yeah, she's very (laughs) unproblematic. And I feel like she's also a 
a successful realtor. So I think mm-hmm. that proves that you can be good at your job and not have to play the games like, you know, nearly as deeply as all these people are. All right. So let's recap the four types of problem coworkers on Selling Sunset that might also be lurking in your office too. So number one was the negative coworker. Number two is the overly competitive coworker. Number three, the bully. And number four, the gossip. So hopefully you don't have them in your office, but if you do, here are some ways to avoid them and deal with them. And good luck. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. We really love hearing from you all. It's super helpful feedback and it really does help our show. And here's a recent review that we got from Magra Kira on Apple Podcasts that was just really amazing. So I thought I would read it. She said... I started listening to the females before the pandemic and quarantine, but it's been especially great to listen to during this work from home time. I've discovered so many great resources from this podcast, especially the confidence creator and Amanda Holden. One thing I've learned and enacted in my own life has been starting a work journal. We love that. It seems so simple, but I think it's already making an impact in my work life, consistently jotting down little work wins, my ideas, big and small and goals for the future is really putting a lot of abstract thoughts into a coherent frame of reference really enjoying the content keep it up thank you so much for that review and honestly we're so thrilled to hear that you are using a work journal and just anytime we are able to give advice and tips that people can use and then tell us kind of the before and after is really fun so thank you for that if you've been inspired to take action and create a healthy workplace we've got just the learning resource for you It's called the New Manager Manual, and it's one of our most popular online courses because it will teach managers, new and old, how to set yourself and your team up for success and a healthy working dynamic with our 90-day plan. Jason and Brett, we'd recommend you consider enrolling too. We have linked to the online course in the show notes. And lastly, we did put this advice into an article for easy access that includes five types of problem coworkers. Yes, we included one more bonus type to watch out for. You can access that article via the show notes as well.